welcome back to my daily reading. So, we left off on chapter 16. So, let's get right into it. The town was sleeping, but Pip was not, and neither was someone else. An alert on her phone, a new message through her website, a notification on Twitter. Who will look for you when you're the one who disappears? Oh wow, that was actually chapter 16. Okay, this is chapter 17. Her blood didn't feel right. It was too fast, foaming uncomfortably as it crashed in and out of her chest. Maybe those two coffees in a row at the cafe had been a mistake, but Kara had offered said Pip looked tired and at this ungodly hour of the morning. Now Pip's hands were shaking and her blood was fizzing as she walked from the cafe towards Church Street. She was running on empty, no sleep at all last night, none, even though she'd taken a full pill, a double dose, it was wasted on her. After reading through Billy Karras's interviews, transcript more times than she could count sounding out the voice voices in her head like a play the pauses filled with static from the recorded recorder recorder and the voice she immediately oh my god imagined for billy it didn't sound like a killer at all. He sounded scared, confused. He sounded like her. Every shadow in her room had taken on the shape of a man, watching her wrapped up in her comf- comforter. Every blinking electronic light was a pair of eyes in the dark. The LEDs on her printer and the Bluetooth speaker on her desk. It was even worse after the new message came through at 230 the world shrinking to just her and those prowling shadows. Pip had lain there, eyes growing scratchy and dry as she stared up at the black ceiling. It was if she was being honest with herself, truly honest, she could hardly even call that a confession at all. Yes, the words had come out of Billy's mouth. Yes, he said I was the one who hurt those women. But the context changed everything, the lead up and the aftermath. They stripped the meaning right out of those words. Maria hadn't been exaggerating, hadn't been twisting the truth because she'd read the transcript through the mother's eyes. She was right. The confession did seem coercive. I don't think I'm saying that right. Proceeded. The detective had trapped Billy into a corner by taking in circles. Oh, sorry, talking in circles. Catching him in lies he never meant to tell. No one had rec- no one had seen Billy with Tara yet the night before. That wasn't true. And yet Billy had believed it uh, of himself, believed a made-up person over his own memory. Lieutenant David Nolan had fed him everything, all the details of the murders. Billy didn't 
even know how he'd kill his own victims before being told. There was a chance it was all an act, a clear ploy by a manipulative killer. She tried to comfort herself with the thought, with that thought. But that was overshadowed when placed beside the other possibility that Billy Karras was an innocent man. Now that she'd read his confession, it was no longer just possible, no longer a week maybe. In her gut, she could feel it titling, tilting, abandoning maybe to reach for other words, likely plausible, possible, plausibly. And there must be something wrong with her because part of her had felt relie- relieved. No, that wasn't the right word. It was more like excited, her skin prickling, the world shifting into half speed around her with whoa, with this was it, her other drug, a twisted and wriggling knot of her for her to unite. But she couldn't believe that part without accepting the others and the one that came with it, hand in hand, two halves of the same truth. If Billy Karras was innocent, then the DT killer was still out there. Out there, he was back. And Pip had one week left before he made her disappear. So, she would just have to find himself first. Wait, wait, I think I said that wrong. So she would just have to find him first. Find whoever was doing this to her, whether it was a DT killer or someone pretending to be. The key was Green Scene LTD. So that's where she would begin. Had already begun last night as the clock on her dashboard ticked past 4 a.m. and on Pip had scrolled through her old documents. Uh, searching through files and folders until she found the document she needed. The one that had snuck up on her brain like an itch, reminding her of its existence, of its importance as she tried to think through everything she knew about Jason Bell's company. Back into my documents and the folder labeled schoolwork into senior year and the folder sat half between her AP classes senior cap capstone project pip clicked in, into it revealing the rows and rows of word documents and sound files she made one year ago photos and gp g jp j oh my god sorry jpgs ments and sound files she made one oh my god sorry the pages of andy bell's academic academic planner spread open on her desk and an anontent map of fairview pip had drawn herself following andy's last known moments she'd scrolled down through all the capstone project lab documents until she found the one the itch capstone project log entry 20 the one with the interview with jess walker yes that was it pip had read it her heart kicked up as she realized its relevance. Relevance. 
How strange that the throwaway detail back then could be so vital now. Wait. I lost my page. Uh, almost like all of this had been inevitable since the very beginning. She almost like all of this had been inevitable since the very beginning. A path Pip didn't know she'd been following all along. Next, she'd she'd research where Green Scene Ltd and Clean Scene Ltd were based. A year, a yard, and office complex in Weston near Devils. Then natural preserve about a 25 minute drive from Fairview. She'd even visited through Street View on Google Maps while she sat on her bed, virtually driving up and down the road outside. The complex was off a small country road surrounded by tall trees. Captured her on some past cloudy day. She couldn't see much of the road apart from a couple of industrial looking buildings parked cars and vans all in case within a tall metal fence painted forest green there was a sign of on the front gate with the colorful logos for both sister companies up and down she'd gone up and down she'd gone sorry up and down she'd gone haunting the pixelated place like a ghost out of time she could stare at it all she wanted but it wouldn't give her the answer she needed there was only one place she'd get those not in weston but in fairview right here right now in fact as she glanced up and realized she'd almost arrived in something else too there was a woman walking toward her, a face she knew, Don Bell, Andy, and Becca's mom. She must have just left the house, as empty plastic bags swinging from her arm. Her dark blonde hair was pulling back from her face, oh, pulled back from her face, and her hands were lost in the arms of, of her oversized sweater. Oversized sweater, she looked tired, too. Maybe that's just what this town did to people. They were about to pass each other. Pip smiled and dipped her head, not knowing whether to say hello or not, or to tell her she was just about to knock on her door to speak to her husband. Dawn's mouth flickered as Pip, as did her eyes, but she didn't stop looking instead at the sky while she slid her fingers beneath the gold chain of her necklace fiddling the pendant back and forth so it caught the morning light. They passed each other and carried on. Pip checked over her shoulder as she went, and so did Dawn. Their eyes met. Met, oh, sorry, meeting for an awkward moment, but the moment went out of Pip's head as she reached her destination, starting up at the house, her eyes following the crooked roof line to each of its three chim- chimneys. Old st- Stippled 
bricks overwhelmed by shivering ivy and a chrome wind chime mounted beside the front door. The Bell's house. Pip held her breath as she crossed the road toward the house, glancing at the green SUV parked in the drive beside a small red car. Good. Jason must be here, then, not already on his way to work. There was a strange feeling at the base of her spine, uncanny and otherworldly, like she wasn't really here, but in the body of herself from one year ago, displaced out of her own time, as everything came back full, full circle here at the Bow's house once more because there was only one per one person who had the answers she needed. She wrapped her knuckles against the glass on the front door. A sharp emerged in the frosted glass. A blurred head as a chain scrapped against the front door, and it was pulled open. Jason Bell stood in the threshold, buttoning the top of his shirt, smoothing down its creases. Hi, Jason, Pip said brightly, her smile feeling tight and ruby. Sorry to disturb your morning. How are you? Jason blinked at her, registering who it was standing on his doorstep. What a... What do you want? He asked, dropping his gaze to do, to do up the buttons on his cuffs too, running against, leaning against the doorframe. I know you're heading off to work, Pip said, her voice jolting nervously. She fiddled her hands together, but that was a bad idea because there were, they were sweating, and now she had to look down to check it wasn't blood. I, um, well, I just wanted to ask you a couple of questions about your company, Green Scene. Jason ran his tongue over his teeth. Pip could see the bulge of it through the skin of his top lip. What about it, he sa said. What about it, he said, eyes narrowing now. Narrowing in now. About the couple of your exit about a couple of your ex-employees, she swallowed, one of those being Billy Karras. Jason looked taken aback, aback his neck receding into his shirt. His mouth formed around his next words, his next words, before he finally spoke them. You mean the DT killer, he said? Is that your next thing, is it? Your next cry for attention? Something like that, she said with a fake smile. I obviously have no comment on Billy Karras, Jason said, something stirring at the corners of his mouth. I've done everything I can to try to distance the com company from the things he did, but they are intrinsically connected, Pip continued, countered. The official narrative is that Billy got the duct tape and the blue rope from work. Listen to me, Jason said, raising his hand, but Pip spoke over him before he could der derail the conversation. She needed answers whether he liked it or not. Last year, I spoke to one of Becca's friends from high school, Jess Walker, and she told me that on April 18, 2014, the night Andy went missing, you and Don were at a... a Sorry, 
were at a dinner party, but you had to leave at some point because the security alarm was going off at Green Scene. You had a had an alert on your phone, I assume. Jason stared blankly at her.